Hi, this is Bill Crystal. I wish Susan Rice would unmask the people behind this podcast. You are the first of your kind, but you're not invulnerable. Maybe next time you can design me better. After that, uh, but you know what? I mean, it doesn't, we talk about anime, uh, Star Blazers. I'm sorry, what was that? We'll talk, we'll talk about anime, Star Blazers. Okay. Anime? Anime. Just just, just let him do it. Just let him do it. Ah, I just changed my, I just changed it. God, JVL. God, I'm sorry. Hello and welcome back to the Substandard. I'm Victor Mattis along with Jonathan V. Last and Sunny Bunch. I'd like to remind you that the Substandard is available on iTunes and Google Play. Just look at our podcast and search for the Substandard. You'll easily find us. Please subscribe, tell your friends, leave a review. In addition, we'd also like to remind you the Substandard show notes posted by Jonathan Last are available every Friday at 11 a.m., at weeklystandard.com, and don't forget your bingo cards. We started this uh, an episode ago, and it's been going great. Everybody's been getting into it, and we swear we do not plant various clues in the bingo to help you win. It is completely organic. Isn't that right, guys? Yeah, that's why we're always randomly mentioning things like 12 Years a Slave and (laughs) other stuff. Emma Watson. Emma Watson. Okay, gentlemen, we did it. Mission accomplished. Woo! Mission accomplished. The substandard over the weekend skyrocketed. We skyrocketed on the podcast charts for TV and film. Of the roughly 6,400 active film and podcasts, we made it all the way to number 10. We actually passed Bill Simmons in the rigor. That's how good it was. Yeah, take that, Bill Simmons. Take that, sports guy. So... uh, We'd like to thank you. The substandard likes to thank all of our listeners, and, and we always say every every uh, episode, you know, leave a review. And you people have been doing it, and we say subscribing. You've been doing it. You see, it really works. They like us right now. They really like us. JVL. Uh, so the review stuff is not garbage. I mean, in addition to giving us enormous bonuses, I think we all get triple the money. For each episode, if yes. we if we get a lot of views, JVL gets triple. The I money. get triple we, the money. Vic and I get the same amount of money. Yes, yeah. um, but I believe the way the iTunes algorithm is, they prize reviews and stars. So uh, you, if you haven't reviewed us, like it actually does matter, and it would be like a big favor. Here Our, we are giving you free content. We're giving you this to you for free every single week. So the least you could do is like go click the five star thing. JVL, our biggest resource is the listener. They are our future. They are along our with the future. Children. They they really sustain us in our dark periods of discontent and sadness. And when I think about killing myself, which I do on a very regular basis. Only on the days ending and why. Only on the days. I, I stop and I think what would happen to the listeners of the substandard? What would they what would they do with themselves? So they need you. every time you guys say something nice about me, Sunny Bunch, mm-hmm. in the uh, iTunes uh, uh, comments and reviews. It really just it keeps me uh, keeps the gun out of my mouth for one more day. I want to assure you, Sonny, that 
you know, God forbid something happened to you, we don't have a long list of people who are going to substitute for you. Oh, you don't no, have I, a you don't have a running you, waiting uh, list. No, uh, good. No, there's a few in this good. office. Oh, good, good. Okay, no, good, no, good. No, no, well, no. that makes me. Hey, hate. Kristen, as soon as he's gone, <laughs> no. this, your chair is waiting for no. you. She's like Joan Rivers and Mike Warren's like Gary Shandling. They're just waiting. <laughs> They're waiting. <laughs> Give me one episode. That's very nice. Thank you. <laughs> well played. Thank you. Other than that, uh, how was your weekend, J- uh, Jonathan? On a scale of one to ten, where one is National Bohemian and ten is Dogfish Head, I'm a shuffle huffer. Which Dogfish wow. Head? No, Wait, no, just, no, this is a very brand. No, no. <laughs> the, the, the brands and there's only one. In there's respect. only one Natty Bow. First off, and uh, there Did are you say that was ten or one. There, there are a variety of dogfish heads uh, on a varying scale of, of quality. I mean, the raison d'etre is obviously their best, but then you have the ninety minute, which is pretty good, and then the sixty minute. I could do a whole show on dogfish head. We should Sequench do that. Quench ale. Oh my god, I'm a shuffle huffer. Okay, everything's great. I uh, I was at a baptism this weekend with uh, a bunch of family for my latest godchild. I now have. Six of them. Humble Six brag. godchildren. Just saying. It's probably because I'm really virtuous. Do you really and, remember uh, all their birthdays? Because I don't. I'm like a, I'm like a uh, you know, the, I owe child, godchild support by this time. And my sister. <laughs> my sister was there. My sister's a big fan of the show. Uh, big fan of Vic Mattis. Oh, I'm a big and, fan uh, of hers, as you know. She's only met you once, Sonny. You probably really? don't remember this. Oh, no, I don't. We bumped into each other in the basement of the old building while my sister and I were heading to go see... Whatever the WCW version of WrestleMania was, Star Starcade. Yeah, I think it was Starcade. <laughs> yeah. When was is this a really a thing that happened? When was this? Yeah, it's like forever ago when she was like, like two thousand two for the summer. Yeah, something like that. Yeah, and uh, when I was interning at the Weekly Standard. Yeah, wow. Yeah, that's right. Anyway, so my sister said, "So do you guys actually like Sonny?" <laughs> I said, no, we love him. It's gun, all shtick. And she goes, "Gun in the I mouth every day." Couldn't. <laughs> Tell honestly, and I said, No, Sonny's great, he's a dear friend. I really... Why did you lie to your sister? I want <laughs> no, no, this is this is. I worry a bit sometimes that our stick people people think people right, think that right, the trolling right. is too, yeah, but we no. really mm-hmm. we love each other a lot. Mm-hmm. That's why we do yeah. this show yeah. naked. Mm-hmm. That's why we that's why we send the Snapchat dick pics to each other. That's why I am allegedly, not, yes, yes. I'm, I, I'm actually into old women. In the seventies, I'm one of I'm like Ray Fiennes in the uh, uh, Grand Hotel Budapest. Right? Like I've had older. Feel like we've stepped right, right so over we whatever edit line. The last like ninety seconds <laughs> out. Sorry, you know yes, what? JVL. Right Go back ahead. to I'm Shufferhuffer. Okay. <laughs> okay, good, good. Sonny, how are you doing? Yeah, <laughs> uh, I'm great. I watched Five Came Back this weekend, the Netflix show. Uh, that's a it's a documentary. That is based on Mark Harris's book, Five Came Back, which is about the uh, five big directors who went overseas in World War II to film our troops and film, you know, uh, 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 films that were training in the training films, the Why We Fight movies, that sort of thing. It was Capra and John Ford, William Wyler. Uh, John Houston. Um, these guys were real. I mean, it was back when like men were men, and you know, Hollywood Hollywood liberals did not actually hate America. They were just you know kind of kind of liberal. Um, it was it's it's a really fascinating. Uh, the book is much much better than the uh, than the the TV show and the documentary it goes into much more depth than that sort of thing. I, I highly recommend it for anyone who is really into World War II and old movies. 
Um, but the, the, the documentary series is very nice because you get to see a lot of the footage that they shot. You get to see, you know, what, what, what they're actually talking about in the book. They're very nice companions. I highly recommend it. Uh, it was like the first time I've actually got to sit down and watch, uh, you know, kind of binge a Netflix show, uh, since stranger things. So, it, you know, I felt like I felt, I felt yeah. almost human again. Yeah. yeah. I, I've actually, uh, got started, my wife and I started watching on Netflix, the Sherlock, uh, a series on BBC with Benedict Cumberbatch mm. and Martin Freeman. The problem is it's like five years old, but that's cool. I, yeah. No, I, I, it's only the thing that made Benedict Cumberbatch yeah. a, a star. No, 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 the I, substandard sorry, from no, no. 2012. <laughs> Actually, I've been watching the new Sherlock with Peter Cushing. He's fantastic. Oh, sorry. Uh, but I just keep on falling asleep. I, it's, it gets late at night, and, and then I don't know what happened. I'm too embarrassed to tell my wife I don't understand. You know, what wait, the Sherlock, you, know, you really, you haven't stayed? I love it. I love it. I love it. I just get so tired after 10 p.m. I just, it's too, I you know who's great is Boris Karloff. He's got these great monster movies. He's great. I, like I love him. these Lon, new, is like Lon, these, these is new great. talkies with Lon, Boris Lon Karloff. Is Vic okay. is awake and excited about Sherlock for about two and a half minutes, <laughs> then he just falls right asleep. I just lie down. Okay. And his wife doesn't even notice. As, you, <laughs> as usual. She never does. Okay. Uh, you've all read rumors, uh, obviously the news of rumors that Joss Whedon is possibly directing a standalone Batgirl movie. Um, your thoughts, Sonny? Uh, I am a big and why fan is, of this why movie. does this matter that so, it's Joss Whedon? So so I was very amused to hear this news because I was trying to I was trying to guess who would be angrier about this: the conservatives who hate Joss Whedon because Joss Whedon uh, hates the GOP, or the liberals who hate Joss Whedon because we now have a man making a woman's movie. It's going to be very. It's going to be. There's a lot of pyramid of grievances shuffling that needs to be done. I was a big fan of the news because I think Joss Whedon is spectacularly talented in this milieu of like the kind of female superhero action. Uh, uh, stuff. I, I, you, I think we kind of take the Avengers for granted now after like a series of excellent films from the MCU and Marvel, and like we don't we don't really appreciate that. It was kind of on shaky ground with Iron Man two, which was not great. The Hulk, which was kind of a disaster. Uh, uh, you know, the, the Captain America, the first Captain America film, which was totally competent, but really nothing else. And then the Avengers comes along, and it kind of really kickstarts Marvel into like a series of prolonged greatness. Uh, uh, so I, I am, I am excited for this. I think that you know, it, it'll, it'll all depend on how much control DC decides to cede. To Joss Whedon, my my guess is that someone at Warner Brothers drove up to Joss Whedon's house with a with a literal dump truck filled with money and a note on top that says you can do whatever you want, and uh, left it at that. But you know, we'll we'll see. Uh, JBL, what, I know you're a huge Joss Whedon fan. JBL, very big Joss Whedon fan. I uh, my Twitter buddy Chris Anderson and I were going back and forth about this, and the truth is, this is kind of a consolation prize for him. Because the movie he was born to direct is the Kitty Pride movie. He he's he loves the character of Kitty Pride. Uh, and after the Age of Ultron experience with Marvel, I think it is safe to say he will never touch a Marvel property again. Mm, Marvel wow. will never let him touch a Marvel property again. There seem to have been all sorts of bad feelings both ways after that. And this is the first time we have so this is reasonably common in the comics world now although once upon a time it was not to have creators jumping from one house to the other mm -hmm. this is the first time in the cinematic universe we're getting a an actual auteur going from one brand to the other 
And it's kind of a big deal in that way. Mm -hmm. And I think it'll be really good. He's very good at he's very good at building mythology, which is what you get to do with a Batgirl because you're starting a character who's a blank slate on screen. We have not had Batgirl since mm -hmm. Alicia Silverstone, mm -hmm. right? Uh, and he's really good at writing characters. I mean, just look at this. Is the thing about the Avengers, which is so remarkable, is that he is so laser focused on characters and narrative that he's juggling one, two, three, four, five, six characters in it. And every one of them has a full arc, mm -hmm. like with mm -hmm. a beginning and a, every one of them has a journey mm -hmm. and it works. Well, it helps. It helps, Very too, that, that he only had to really introduce one character in that movie. Right. Basically, like he, he, the only one he really had to fill in the backstory for was uh, uh, Black Widow. So he has to fill in the. I mean, Black Widow has appeared, but he has to give her some backstory. Right. Hawkeye has Hawkeye, appeared, but he has to give him some. I mean, he has a bunch of people in a weird way. He's a little hemmed in because they all pre exist, even Agent Coulson. Right. So Phil Coulson existed. He didn't get to. In some ways, that made it a higher degree of difficulty for him, I think, because he couldn't just start from scratch. Mm -hmm. He had to take existing characters with only thinly sketched backgrounds and give them real life within the continuity of the movies here. A, a tremendous achievement that he doesn't get enough credit for. Uh, I don't know. I mean, has anybody ever assembled a ranking of the greatest Joss Whedon thing? <laughs> I, I can we, Jonathan before we, do, before, Jonathan, before, Jonathan before we do that, can we just, I, I have one question about this. Yes. My, my, my one question about this is how, uh, how, how much do you think that there, DC is going to try and force him to work within the idea of the Man of Steel uh, Batman yes. vs Superman DOJ. Yeah, are we going to end up having to see Ben Affleck in this? And and will we? Will is Jenna Malone going to be the Batgirl? Because I would be hugely fond of that. Jenna Malone, of course, was kind of introduced. Not really. She was in the the director's cut of Batman vs Superman, Dawn of Justice, but didn't really get much play as Barbara Gordon. Is she going to mm. be the Batgirl? Well, as I mean, since you have no idea, I mean, this is of the comics. No, there are a bunch of different Batgirls, oh, and Barbara Gordon's only the second one, and it could be Kathy Kane, it could be any. I don't know. We don't. I mean, this is the thing. We don't know. Is it going to be sort of more Guardians of the Galaxy ish, mm -hmm. where it's sort of funny? Is it going to be more character driven? Mm -hmm. Is it? I literally and, we don't because we have not seen. Yeah. So Batgirl is a Gotham centric character mm -hmm. and we have not seen a gothic centric movie within what is now the established dc universe mm -hmm. the truth is we mm -hmm. have no idea what the rules are here mm -hmm. that's true i mean we haven't had a batman movie we haven't really had a like a uh under well, the current regime. The Gotham City Sirens is supposed yeah. to be kind of a Gotham-centric well, movie. Yeah. We'll, we'll... I would wonder, actually, if this won't be a little bit closer to the DCU in feel, the DCU of the television series, which are yeah. much funnier mm -hmm. and which coexist, I believe, in an entirely... Like entirely separate universe yes. from the film series, and they really have one. It's like Marvel and Ultimates. Yeah. So. yeah. Uh, the, okay. The, the I'm sorry. I think the question is, you know, and also how, you know, for everyone, the fanboys, if you will, how is she going to look like? You know, forget about who the actress is. What is her outfit going to look like? I thought maybe it looked like this. I think is holding up a a purple uh and black batgirl with shockingly red hair she's got she's got a bat wing on of some sort i can't tell if that's like part of the costume or we it's now like... have four people in our studio she Me. is not 
realistically proportioned. She has she say. has a waist that, for yourself. She has she has Her about waist a to ten ratio. inch waist, and uh, she's uh, this is like a thirty six D at least. <laughs> and there's like I don't I, again I'm not sure what these bat wings are. Is she flying? I can't. Did you get is that she's, a she's next McDonald's to Happy Meal toy? It might be. I found her uh, in our like, house. She's got like big under his bed. Eyes. <laughs> He's just under oh, my bed. What, what we're forgetting to mention is that uh, what we're talking about is life size. <laughs> yeah, this is actually a five foot. It's five. It's four foot it's a, eleven inches. It's a minor detail we missed. A minor uh, and detail. For some we reason, oh. she has the face of Emma Watson. I don't understand what's happening. She kind of that, does. Yeah. She McDonald's. Kind of does. Stamped, it's McDonald's. Stamped on the back. Stamped McDonald's. McDonald's. This is a Happy Meal toy. Actually, a pretty a high quality meal. Happy Meal. Yeah, no, that no, is a pretty kidding. high quality Happy Meal. No, uh, I'm sorry, Jonathan. Sorry. We, I, I interrupted you. JVL. What are the best Joss Whedon productions? So the four best Joss Whedon productions. Number four, The Avengers. We've spoken about that. Number three. Buffy the Vampire Slayer just had its 25th anniversary remains remarkably vibrant and worth revisiting number two the Firefly slash Serenity universe which is pretty darn great if you I mean, it, it's 12 episodes maybe 13 episodes and then a movie very digestible and number one not filmed the Astonishing X-Men have you read his Astonishing X-Men, Sonny? I have. Not only have I not read that, I've not watched uh, Serenity or Firefly, and I've not watched Buffy the Vampire Slayer. So I'm totally Hey, Vic, out of what time is it? Me too. Sorry. What's, what's the counter? 1850. Mm-hmm. Go f*** yourself. Yeah, there we go. <laughs> so for anybody who hasn't read them, I would say run, don't walk to get yourself the trade paperback of Whedon's Astonishing X-Men run. The best X-Men run ever, the best... A Joss Whedon writing product ever. It's tremendously great. Uh, you know, last episode or two episodes ago, Jonathan, you said how you hate musicals and that's why you don't like, you know, Beauty and the Beast. Th- th- was it your favorite episode of Buffy, the musical episode? I believe it was not my favorite. If you uh, go to oh. the my definitive ranking oh. of the Buffy episodes, <laughs> which, which where, I did, top I did it for the Weekly Standard oh, oh, right. uh, course, back right. when the show went off. What, what, I, I ranked, the, because this is not a new obsession with okay. me. This is my OCD. What, what, Let us rank them. What's the website called? TheWeeklyStandard.com. Let me write that down. (laughs) I don't understand. Is there a joke I'm missing? No, because I'm not there anymore. Okay, so. Oh, right. (laughs) Okay, all right. I know. It feels like I'm here in spirit. Thank you. Uh, any, any Astonishing further, any, no, I'm just any, telling people, readers who are into this stuff who may have missed it should treat themselves. You could get it on Amazon for probably 99 cents for a used copy, and you will love it. Used trade paperbacks, surprisingly expensive, often on Amazon. People mm-hmm. people I don't agree. resell them. They just hold on to them. It's really annoying. Do you, do you know what's really expensive? You no. Know. The trade hardcovers. This oh. is a, a little-known oh. secret to the comic book collecting universe, oh. is that uh, the, so the publishers always do a hardcover run, but they only do it once, whereas with the softcover trade paperbacks, they'll run 20000 when they sell them out, run another 20000 with no... So if you are looking for sort of like a value play in comic book collecting, yeah. pick up hardcover versions of the trade when they come out and those things when you look at those are the things that can go from you pay 30 bucks for it and a year later they're selling for 180 right as opposed to uh my gi joe number two that i spent 20 bucks on back in 1985 or whatever i thought was going to be worth a lot and, it, and the value skyrocketed until they just reissued it so what you're saying is i should check drops. the prices on my hardcover earth x trade bound edition with like the alex ross sketches on the interior i've got one of those somewhere I will offer that while we move to the next segment. Okay, Okay, yes. Uh, Sonny, you were talking about um, Black Widow. Yeah. She was played by 
Scarlett Johansson. Speaking of which, that's that was good. That that's was good. A, what was the other one? Okay, the other one was this. Hey guys, I had a, a great weekend myself. My buddies were visiting: uh, John Buckley, Todd Palladino, and Steve Yesteris. But the problem is because we do a guys' weekend. But we're now 43, 44 years old. We just don't have it in us anymore. We kind of went, you know, uh, we tried to go on a binge on Friday night. And the next morning, my friend John Buckley got sick. Of course, he blamed it on the uh, clam in the uh, half shell. Speaking of shells. <laughs> God, that's a lot of effort to get that was to a lot. That's it's a lot of effort to get to speaking <laughs> of ghost, shells. Speaking of shells, God. ghosted the shell. Hey, Sonny, that EarthX hardcover? Yeah. On Amazon, they still start at 50 bucks and go up from See, there. There you go. What does is that like the special signed one with like all No, it's just the, the hard okay. the hard cover. Okay. Okay. So, so the answer so is you're sitting in a gold mine. Okay, good. Go. Yeah, good. I, sh- I should just go light that on fire and make the insurance claim. Is I I'm kidding USAA. I would never do that. Great insurance company. They'd be a great sponsor by the way. <laughs> Substandard sponsored by USAA. Yeah. Um Ghost in the Shell was out this weekend starring Scarlett Johansson and it did Nineteen million dollars. Bad business. Womp womp. Right. I think uh, first place was Baby Boss, and then <laughs> boss, the baby, 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 the Boss Baby. baby. Boss Sorry. Baby. Is it like Baby Geniuses? And the second one, you could not pay me to see that. I'm sorry. And the, the second one was Beauty and the Beast. Yes. Still has legs. Juggernaut. Still has legs. Um, and then third, it was like in the 40s, and then and then Ghost in the Shell comes in at $19 million. Yeah. You both, gentlemen, JVL said, you both saw it. What did you should think we, about it? And what happened? Why did it only do review it? Go for it. Just like you used to do. Like I used to write co-bylined movie reviews once upon a time, Vic. Do you remember that? I do, and I thought, wow, that was. Uh, I wonder how much Jonathan enjoyed that. So I used to wonder, Sonny, because I did a movie review last week mm. and I found the entire experience disconcerting. Would you review this by yourself, please? Because mm. you're better at it than mm. I am. Uh, so, Ghost in the Shell stars Scarlett Johansson as Major. She has been resurrected from death and. Im- filled with bionic body parts. She's basically the $6 billion woman, but in Japan, or some Asian But she's not Japanese. Of some sort. We'll get to that. Uh, and she uh, has, she can like make herself invisible. She kind of has the powers of Predator, and also the powers of the Matrix. She can go into mainframes and see, you know, various, various uh, security cameras and lines of code and stuff. Uh, and she is trying to determine why a cyber terrorist is sucking the brains out of people uh, and in addition to that, she needs to find her own past, which has been taken away from her by the Hunka Corporation, Hunka Robotics, or something like I don't, I don't know. Some some Japanese company has wiped her memory. She wants to figure out what's going on. Uh, the movie is about that kind of journey of rediscovery, and it's filled with great fight scenes, and it's got some action, it's got some cool special effects. It has this kind of s- world building. The way I described it in my review is it it, it is like a vision of the future through the lens of 30 years in the past. So it's basically like what somebody in the early 90s thought the future might look like if they had just watched Blade Runner. Um, and it, so the cityscapes are filled with these like ads that are just like free-floating 3D images out in space. And it's kind of interesting. I didn't, I didn't love it. It's almost, it is this weird retro-futuristic thing that didn't quite work for me. Um, but I am a big fan of Scarlett Johansson. I think she's fantastic in this movie. She takes... 
the performance from Under the Skin, which was about a, a an alien trying to come to grips with the human form that she had assumed to steal a bunch of human lives, whatever, uh, uh, and and brings that to the to the multiplex, and I think it worked. It worked for me anyway. JBL, what did you think? I liked it. I mean, it's an origin movie. This is very much an origin mm-hmm. movie where you're learning about this world and this character, and the conclusion of the movie merely sets you up to have more adventures in it. Yes. And the, you know, so un- to be successful, an origin movie must do two things. The first is that it must make you want to come back and spend more time in that world. And the second is it must make enough money to make it possible to come back and live in that world. So what you're saying is uh, Ghost in the Shell went one for two. Uh, well, maybe. We don't know how this is going to play in Asia. Right? I mean, it could be that this is makes a ton of money over there. It's going to have to make I a ton certainly of money. Wa- yeah. I certainly wanted to spend more time in this. I mean, so she is, mm-hmm. Major is a cop, a special unit. And this, I would say Ghost in the Shell really has to be, for me anyway, I saw this. This movie is a companion to Blade Runner. I, I really think these movies have to coexist in your mind together. Mm-hmm. And where Blade Runner is a movie asking if machines can be human, this is a movie. The Ghost in the Shell universe says, well, can humans become machines? Mm-hmm. And both have interesting things to say about that and uh, both f- have interesting views of the future. Um, but But in this, the police are not sinister which is so interesting. So the corporation mm. is vaguely sinister, but only vaguely. What is sinister is the technology. So the the, machi- the the way, and it's not Scarlett Johansson's major character that's creepy. What's creepy is what the humans have chosen to do for them to themselves in augmenting themselves yes. with machine yes. parts. And that's really neat. And the, the part I liked best about this movie was that she's, she is part of this little team of it's like a special squad of police who seem to handle like hacker uh, problems. But hacker doesn't just mean computers. Hacking means like biological hacking now. Right. And her team is great. She's got this guy named Batu who when you look at him first meeting him, you think this guy is from central casting as the bad guy cop who turns out is like going to betray her. And it yeah, turns yeah. out he's like her big brother. And they have this wonderful little underplayed relationship with no romantic tension at all. Uh, but but is very sort of he's like the big brother because he's huge yep. and hulking. But she's more powerful. So she has to take care of him. Mm-hmm. Um, the. Uh, the team leader is this old Japanese guy who uh, is actually a director, Takeshi Kitano, mm-hmm. um, who anybody who's seen Japanese movies the last 20 years will recognize right. from things like Battle Royale. And Chin Han, the actor Chin Han, who is Lao from Dark Knight Lao. in this. And they're this tight-knit little team, and I totally want to see another movie with them. Because yep. now that you've gotten the origin story out of right. this, I would like to see them tackling interesting cybercrimes in and that it, world. And it is kind of a—if if we can if we can jump on the, the whole whitewashing controversy, controversy for just one moment. Like, it is an interesting kind of— Can you explain uh, that first? Just back so, up for 30 seconds okay. for people yeah, yeah, yeah. So, read about So this. there there are a lot of people who are very upset that Scarlett Johansson was cast in the role of Major, which is uh, a, a character that is Japanese and origin um, and it it does create a mild problem in the movie because one of the subplots involves her should I say or is that too spoilery 
Do you no, think? No, you could, I think so. You could go. You could uh, say it. I don't think so. Right. Look, so, I'm sorry. This is so, a famous set yeah, of comic books okay, that's yeah. been around for 30 years. So, uh, and nobody's going to go see this anyway. Apparently, so. Uh, <laughs> so uh, that's the, the more the, important. Yeah, point, yeah. So the one of the subplots involves her trying to track down her mother, who is a very Japanese woman. So there's this kind of awkward scene where Scarlett Johansson is talking to her, uh, you know, mother from a past life, who is very Japanese, and you have Scarlett Johansson, who is very not Japanese, uh, and it's, it's very slightly awkward. But I, what I really liked about the team is that it kind of creates this idea of, like, if you want a globalist world, you have a team that looks like uh, 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 Beat Takashi and uh, uh, Scarlett Johansson and Batu, who's played by, a, I believe, a uh, Western European. He's, like, Belgian or something. Um, yeah, he's Scandinavian yeah, 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 yeah. or something like that. So, yeah. it, like, it, it is this weirdly, like, kind of, kind of uh, agglomerated team that comes together and it has no real kind of ethnic or nationalist identity they are just working for a corporation even the in the megalopolis no they're not they're working for the government well, or they're, so the, whatever, they're for, whatever they answer to the prime right. minister okay. yeah, yeah. but what's interesting is you're in this megalopolis which has never said that it's tokyo although we think it's tokyo or it could be hong kong i right. suppose and it's enormous but it's very multi-ethnic and the most thing for me was that the CEO of Hanko, the Hanko Robotics. So it's uh, Hanko is, I think, pretty clearly a Japanese company, and the CEO is Anglo. So the guy right. who's running the company is Anglo, and most of the top okay. scientists are Anglo. It's, it, it just, again, it, for me, this sketches out a very interesting world that I would like to know more about. Like, what happens outside the megalopolis? Like, what, when you go, what does Europe look like right now? Is Europe a, a nuclear wasteland from World War Three or something? I, so I really hope that we can get another one of these movies. I thought it was pretty good. Not not great, not world-changing, but no, pretty good. Having done $19 million on the opening weekend on a budget of $110 million, again, a lot will depend on how it does overseas, but it's gonna have I don't to know gross. if they're going to want to make yeah. a sequel. Or it's going to have to gross about 250 or $300 or No, but if it finds if this finds its audience on, on home video, that's also a thing which can happen. Another question is whether or not Scarlett Johansson is going to want to have to deal with all the, you know, arguments about the whitewashing and the, you know, the identity politics stuff over again. I could see her just being like, eh, yeah. not worth it. They should have cast Emma Stone. She could have done yeah, this. Yeah, Emma Stone, of course, from Aloha. Yeah, That's right. Also, I think she played half. Yeah. She was half. She was biracial. Um, did you think this was one of Scarlett Johansson's uh, uh, better roles, or, and if not, what did you like her in? Mm. JVL. I think Scarlett Johansson is one of our most gifted actors. I So I first noticed her in The Horse Whisperer, and I came home from that movie, and I said, geez, there's this like 11-year-old kid in there who gives this amazing performance, like a really nuanced, mature performance. She has this conversation. I will never forget this scene where she's in the bedroom talking with Robert Redford. She's lost her leg. And... She is, you know, she's like not yet having gone through puberty, but she clearly has grasped what she takes away from having lost her leg. She says to him, who will want me? And it's really soulful. Oh. And you're like, God, it just it's a gut. She's great. And I thought, boy, that it's sort of a shame to give a performance that good when you're 11 years old because you'll never top that again. And no, it turns out she's just a yeah. fabulous actress. Right. And I was trying to think of child actors who've transitioned more seamlessly into adult roles because she does... But she's been very active. She's done almost 50 mm -hmm. feature films. But you get her in Horse Whisperer and then Ghost World. And then she's in a few things which nobody has seen. And then she sort of reemerges fully formed in Lost in Translation. Mm -hmm. And she's 
she's an adult in Lost in Translation. She is yeah. not a kid. She's not. I mean, she really is a fully formed yeah. adult, and it's just been off to the races. And I think she's she's great in everything she does. If you're going to have a knock against her, it's that her project selection is a little too promiscuous. She she just works a ton. But I think that's one of the great things about her. Yeah, no, I totally so, I totally agree. So um, I, I I am with you on the whole uh, her making a great transition from the uh, uh, child uh, actor to adult actor. I'm going to throw this name out there, Natalie Portman. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I would say Natalie Portman has made that transition as well, if not better. Except, no, see, I would go the other way though, because if this is not meant to disparage Natalie Portman. I don't know that Natalie Portman has ever truly delivered as an adult on the promise she showed as a child actress. She I mean, was, she only won an Oscar for Black Swan. No big deal. We have we have established in prior episodes that Oscar wins do not prove anything. Mm. They are only tangentially mm. related to actual quality and judgment. Uh, just she, she, acknowledge I mean, my appeal to authority, please. JVL, I, she, she, but, um, look, the he, I remember Michael Mann saying, uh, I think it was Michael Mann, some, somebody, it's on the heat, one of the heat commentary tracks with like the Natalie Portman, who is amazing in a movie full right. with amazing actors saying, you know, someday we're all going to work for her. Like she, she, one of the great child performances ever. And she has turned into a very nice, very competent mm. actress but I think has not delivered on the the intense promise of somebody who's going to be a world changing screen presence. She always, I feels think, and you're you can wrong. Blame George Lucas for that if you want. JVL, he may have beaten that out of her. JVL, you're wrong. You're wrong. She was fantastic in Beautiful Girls when she was. Uh, that was just like last year, wasn't it? No, she's great. No, Beautiful Girls. She's another no, one I, of those movies that she's fantastic in as a kid. And oh, yeah. she was a kid in that. Oh. Sorry. Yeah. Um, no, but between so between Heat, Beautiful Girls, and Leon, those three roles as as a the child actress. Please don't call it. Just call it the professional. Again, like, she. Did, you're an American. Again, she. You're she, an American yeah. living in Washington D.C. And she did in the professional. The year of our Leon, Lord. She did the 2017. She, yeah. And you, she, if you want to, you could call it Leon the professional. Leon. Leon the professional. Oh, that movie, Leon. 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 And she was 20, oh, and she was 22 when she did that. Okay. Anyway, all that saying that the truth is, for me, for my for my money, I would take adult Scarlett Johansson, just pure on actorly terms, uh, in most roles. I think what she does is more difficult than what uh, Natalie Portman does. And the other thing she does, this is kind of interesting about her. She, Scarlett Johansson is, I think, kind of has the soul of a character actor sort of packaged inside the body of a movie star. I mean, she floats, she really, really functions best when she's the straw starring the drink in a movie like Mm -hmm. The Avengers. Mm -hmm. Uh, she's, She's just great. I have nothing, nothing but... Great things to say about Scarlett Johansson. You know have, who? Go ahead. Sir. I have a series of Scarlett Johansson okay. rankings here. Go yes. Ahead. Speaking. Yes. All right. In the horrible accent division, Scarlett Johansson, number one. Uh, I, I'll go uh, number three. Hail Caesar. I remember when yeah, she when she busts out like the New right. York like yeah, uh, Esther Williams or something. Right. It was terrible. Yep. In this same vein, number two, Don John. Have you ever seen Don John? Of course I have. Yeah. She's on my list of best performances. Uh, oh, oh, I, I oh, knew girls like hey. her. Oh, she uh, she plays a kind of Jersey girl uh, who is trying Barbara. to get with yeah. Uh, and number one, The Prestige. Love The Prestige. I love The Prestige. I actually love her in it, but her English accent is not great. JVL. So that's gonna be a problem. Okay. Okay. Because 
because one of the things I, I had on my list to talk about was that if I was running her career, one of the things I would desperately want her to do would be to go and get the Queen and Country franchise happening on screen. Queen and Country is a fabulous graphic series of spy novels by Greg Nucka, by Greg Rucka, and I think it would make her... It would be she'd be a superstar. And mm-hmm. the problem is, they're all it's all MI6 stuff. Mm-hmm. And so, if yeah. you're saying the I don't think her accent is, but pregnant. you know what? She physically in Iron Man 2, she cannot do any of the physicality stuff uh, of being an action hero. And she worked real hard on it. And she's now totally plausible as a, as yeah. a the great opening lead. of the Avengers. This, so here we go. Here yeah. we go in the action division, ScarJo roles. Uh, number, number three, uh, I have Iron Man 2. Which, which I, is I, which preposterous. I, which I thought right. she, I thought she was, I thought she was totally acceptable. I, maybe it was no. very well filmed. No, I thought she was, I thought she was fine. She was, I thought she was, she was good. Number two, Lucy. Fun, raucous action. I love it. Kind of a test run for Ghost in the Shell, which is number one, and she seems totally plausible as a. She's plausible. Is, she's. I, it is she an, even walks funny like a robot. She's right. Great. She she walks like a. It's it's a very and it's it's a very kind of. Uh, subtle. It's an interesting performance insofar as I think it's very well filmed. Like I think I there are a lot of these shots where she's kind of like looming over somebody, which is a literal impossibility. Scarlett Johansson is like five foot two. She uh, hundred twenty pounds. She she like is she can't loom over anyone. Pounds. No, I mean yeah, she, she's she's, she's, she's a tiny person. Yeah, she's uh, uh, and she she does an extremely good job in this kind of like physical uh, action oriented role. I have totally one more. agree. I have one more. Art house, art house division. Art house division. Wait, 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 wait no, was that, but what was our number one? Oh, oh Ghost in the Shell Ghost was number Shell. one. Yeah, okay. okay Which good. I think is I think is like the height of her as action star. Go ahead, Art I, House. Go all ahead. Right. Uh, and Art House Division, uh, uh, number three, Under the Skin, a movie I didn't love, but I thought she was very good in it as kind of this uh, uh, alien type figure. Uh, number two, Lost in Translation. I I consider that an art house movie. I think I, that's, I do too. I think that's fair to say, right? Yeah, I think so. I, I I love the crap out of that movie, and she's fantastic. She's in great. It. I mean, it, everything. Like, there is nothing. That is a perfect movie. I fell, I fell in love with that movie uh, the first time I saw it. I I just I can't get enough of you, it. It's you, so good. You really get a feel of that relationship, the strain of the relationship between her and Giovanni Ribisi. Yeah, uh, with and, like thirty seconds of yeah, screen time. Yeah, those two. Yeah, yeah, yeah. and in the exact opposite kind of tension with Bill Murray. It was great. And of course, uh, the winner of the art house division is Eight Legged Freaks. She was she was in Eight Legged Freaks with John Goodman. Uh, you know, it, it, fantastic uh, Ice Spider movie. You know, you just uh, or no, that's not Ice Spider. That's Ice Spiders that I'm thinking of. Eight Legged Freaks, the John Goodman. Uh, everyone should see that art house okay. uh, caliber material. Um, okay, movies that I really liked watching Scarlett Johansson in. Uh, oh for, god. Okay, here we go. Oh god. <laughs> I like Don. I like Don John, and it, it's a weird ending. I will tell you this: I was with it until the end. This, uh, I'm not buying the relationship between Joseph Gordon-Levitt and uh, Julianne Moore. I just didn't think that was. There's no way. Uh, yeah. I, but I really thought that uh, Scarlett Johansson playing Barbara, this Jersey girl, but who aspires for greater material. Things. I mean, you hear see, there's th- various throwaway lines. Everything is going great, and you think she's the, the, the perfect girl for him. And you know, at, at the outset, then she makes references of I don't. You know, why do we have to go here to buy the Swiffer? I don't. Sw- I don't sweep my own floor. I got a cleaner. You should get a cleaner for that. You know what I mean? And little things like that. I'm not gonna. You know, yeah. I'm not gonna clean your house. You know, whatever. And then, and then the whole thing falls apart. But I thought uh, I liked it. And then. Uh, 
I liked her. I liked her. Well, Match Point, the Woody Allen movie. Sure. Sure. Um, you know, and then uh, In Good Company, and she plays Dennis Quaid's mm-hmm. daughter. Yeah, that's right. Yeah. And she likes Topher Grace, and she's just. I'm sorry, I just passed out. Sorry. Just Vic was to... Vic was literally panting at the microphone and fell over. I just just I FYI, did. everyone. And you know where I really liked her? Her. The voice of the computer her. spoke yeah. Spike Jones. Uh, another great uh, underrated ScarJo performance, the man who wasn't there. She plays like the the kind of ingenue uh it's the black and white Cohen brothers yep. movie. Everyone oh, it, right. everyone should I, I remember I watched it at a retrospective at the AFI Silver not too long ago, maybe two or three years back. And I remember being surprised. I was like, Oh, right, she's in this and she's great. I mean it's she's a pleasant surprise in everything she's in. Can I bring up a little subject about the Patriarchy. <laughs> okay. It maybe. To me maybe. When thinking about how nice Scarlett Johansson is as a female action lead, and I really do, we agree, right? She's a great presence. When you look at the successful female action leads, Sigourney Weaver, Mia Jovovich, Scarlett Johansson, Charlize Theron, Jennifer Lawrence, as a class, they are much better actors. Than the male action leads. Yes, I think that's like, about right. So, we, yeah. I mean, does Hollywood really require that you be like, like an actually really good to, actress? You have to be like, if you're going to be a female, you have to be not only a Shakespearean actress. You have to also right. be a, yeah, also yeah, be right. able to do physical, <laughs> physical yes. work yeah, on yeah. film. Well, that's because that seems a little unfair. Well, because yeah. I mean, the main, that's the main a for a long time, I think this is less true now than it used to be. Like Christian Bale, for instance, is an excellent actor in addition to being a great action actor. Uh, uh, you know, um, uh, Patrick Stewart or uh, uh, the new Magneto. What's his name? Uh, Michael Fassbender. Michael Fassbender. Yeah, I mean, like, like I think Vin I think Diesel, that I think that's but whom I love as a presence. Vin Diesel, but, but Vin Diesel a, is a throwback to what I was going to say is like the '80s idea of action star, where really what you need are big muscles. Paul like Walker, big muscles. God love him. God rest his soul. Rest his soul. Nobody, yeah, but nobody would confuse that action series i mean like even the, the the women in that action series which is immensely popular and immensely successful aren't particularly good actresses michelle rodriguez or gal gadot or you know i love gal gadot but i mean, we're not going to confuse her for you know uh the dame judy Gen- judy dench like I, I i just think it's i think it's uh i think that 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 idea is changing but i think you're right that keanu reeves <laughs> Keanu Reeves, as we've discussed on the substandard, is a great actor. Well, he's an interesting actor, but he's, he's great. Not, yeah, he's, he's a great actor. One, yeah. Oh my okay. god! Yeah, look, certainly, this is certainly your point is certainly Whoa. true. Comparing her against like the Schwarzeneggers and Stallones of the world from a generation ago, uh, I don't. I, I would definitely concede that since then, our male action leads have gotten. Yeah. Better, like Robert Downey Jr. I think is a better actor than Mel Gibson than, or, is a yeah, right yeah, or Mel Gibson, Robert even, Downey Jr. Even like Tobey Maguire and Andrew Garfield in the Spider-Man roles, those are two actually very good actors. Don't look at me like that, JVL. Don't look at me like that. Sure. Head tilt. You got the head tilt, Sonny. Um, I hope this doesn't discourage um, future attempts uh, of uh, to make uh, movies from. Other comic books or Japanese comic books, anime, anime, anime. Before we started recording, this is how Victor pronounced the word anime, Anime. manja, manja, Manja and anime, manga. Uh, And I was thinking, I mean, you know, I used to think as a kid, 
there would be nothing cooler if Hollywood, not counting Japanese productions, which this has happened to, where they've had Japanese movies from uh, based on their anime and stuff. That well, let's not count. They were talking about in the United States. I thought there would have been nothing cooler than a motion picture made in Hollywood based on what I consider the greatest, the great, thank you, JVL, the greatest of all Japanese anime from, believe it or not, it started in 1979, Star Blazers. If you've gotten this far, folks, into this episode, this is now called the Star Blazers episode. Oh, God. JVL, why don't you- uh, I'm just going to mute my own yeah, mic here. Mute yourself, Sonny. The Have greatest. another drink. I did a huge thing on Star Blazers in the show notes a couple weeks ago. Uh, it's the greatest animated space opera ever. Thank you. It compares favorably to Star Wars, yes. even. Uh, it's tremendous. It's, it, it's, it's. I can't even- If you were a six-year-old, this, this would- pull you hardcore into science fiction for the rest of your life and they made a live a human version a human act what did you call the other day human (laughs) Human, they made a human human version of it a humanized uh humanized and i have never seen it i've only seen the trailer for it and assorted clips on youtube and it is everything we ever dreamed it could be when they fire the wave motion gun oh that's it it is that is the best, and the guy is the captain with the beard, yes. but the the, yes. the actual yes. like Captain Avatar, Captain yeah. Avatar. It's tremendous. What I loved about it at the time was just just keep in mind this is a limited interest segment. This is right now. Yeah, we're already yeah. we're already pretty yeah. far yeah, yeah. into just, the show. Just, just, just give me about give us about five minutes. Take a break. Oh, Use the bathroom. Get gonna, it, make yourself a snack. I'm gonna I'm just gonna pull up Twitter <laughs> Sonny, on my iPhone. Sonny's checking out. Son, the millennial Sonny has gotten his phone out. What I love to go ahead. Go do he's some really Snapchatting. Doing, he's Sonny. actually doing, he's gonna write a piece. He's gonna write a review while we're doing this. What I loved as a kid was that it was as you mentioned, it's a space opera. It was continuous. Every at the end of each show, only 364 days until Earth's you know doom, and so you had this race to rescue Earth from the radiation bombs coming from planet Gamelon. And let me tell you, and it was and they used a, the battleship Yamato. They called it a space battleship, and so there was this whole World, World War II reference because yes. they the story was that they had converted. The battleship Yamato, which into the Argo, which yes, in, which we with the Americans sunk during World War II, which was I think that was their pride and joy. That was like their Bismarck, uh, and uh, and they turned it into this uh, battleship to go into outer space. And you know what else, JBL? People died. Oh yeah, show. no beloved characters yeah. died beloved all characters the time. Died. And it was one thing that was so different when you got into GI Joe and everything else. Nobody ever ever died. People parachuted out of planes. And I liked that sort of realism. I thought that it was graphic, but and it was it, it it was realistic. And what blew my yeah. mind was in season two, where they fight the Comet Empire. Oh yeah. Then the Gamelon enemies oh, from season one become their allies. So Deslock. And Deslock becomes, and so the big bad guy from season one becomes the ally of the humans yes, in season yes, two. Yes. And again, for a six-year-old mm-hmm. mind, mm-hmm. this just blows yes. up moral possibilities yes. and categories, and you think to yourself, what? I remember this the- This is ep- real, real politique. Yes, My first introduction oh. to real politique. And, and there was, they spent a lot of time on episodes of palace intrigue with, just among the bad guys. Yeah. So among, like, the Gamelons, there was this rivalry with General Lysus and his right-hand man, <laughs> Volgar. <laughs> Lysus, 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 and against Deslock. And I can't tell you— It was Stalin Trotsky stuff. Yes, and it really was. And I can't tell you—Sonny's <laughs> checking the time. Nope, still going, Sonny. Uh, how much, you know, me and my friend Steve Eusteris would have, you know, drawing endlessly things— 
you know, inspired oh, from Starblazer. Drawing the ship, endlessly. trying oh to make gosh. Lego versions of the yes. Argo. I remember I remember Stevie Starris would be like, hey, check out my picture of the wave motion gun in action. What did you draw? And I'd be like, uh, I was drawing Deslock's uniform again. <laughs> I, <laughs> I really so love the cape. Can I tell you one of my one of my serious life disappointments? Please. There are an a pitifully small number of battleship Yamato slash spaceship Argo models for sale oh on gosh. eBay. There are, there are only like three of them, uh-huh. and they're all really small and kind of crappy. And I, growing up in America, has taught me anything. It's that if you have a fetish for some object of childhood nostalgia, somebody somewhere on Etsy or eBay has made something awesome with it yeah. that you can yeah. buy and have on your desk at yeah. the office. Yeah. And I have not found it. So if anybody no. out there is a Star Wars mm-hmm. uh Star Blazers. Star, Star Blazers nerd and mm-hmm. sees a really great Yamato slash Argo yeah. model. So you should like email me about it because yeah, I want and, it. And, and email me for the, if you have a Deslock cape. <laughs> All right. Hey, Sonny. Hey, 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 guys. Sonny's, in. Guys, Sonny's next next, next week, bottle of next booze. week uh, can I bring one of my garbage millennial friends in and we can talk about Dragon Ball Z? Can we talk about <laughs> Krillin? Can we talk about Krillin and you're Goku wrong. You're, and you know, Gohan? Our lone millennial representative. Okay, let's move on to corrections, additions. Jonathan, you said you've got stuff. Uh, my correction is just my sister uh, at the baptism said to me, has Vic ever seen The Voice? Because he got every single thing about that show wrong, <laughs> including saw how many episode. people are on it. Oh, three judges. Right? No, more what? than three judges, she said. What? So she was going to send me, I said, can you just like send me a, a list of all the things she said wrong? She said, no, I can't because he had everything wrong. I got that based so, on she says, commercials. Did he even skim the first half of the Wikipedia page? Oh, no, I can't. I said, well, I don't know. Vic does such torturous amounts of show prep oh, for this. Isn't, isn't it like uh, it's Adam Levine and it's the country music guy and uh, the woman? <laughs> This is true. To justify yourself, Isn't that? Vic, Vic really does do a lot of prep for the show. We should. We, he has like I a whole. He has. Script. He has literally. Like Everything I have said is actually one page read of scribbled, I, scribbled line. It's. I, I don't know. I never ad lib. All of this is written on the script, including this part. So that was it. That, that was, was it. Yes, okay. that was well, my thank big, you, Monica. Let me go. I have I'll, no corrections. Maybe I was thinking of X Factor. Uh oh. Okay. Um, listener Veronica Birch says in our discussion of TV shows rebooted as movies, we forgot Mission Impossible. That's a good one. Except for, again, I was never big on believing Jim <laughs> Phelps uh, as a uh, I'm sorry. Trader. I'm sorry. Hold on. What are you looking at? Sonny was tweeting Ugh. while we were talking about Star Blazers. <laughs> Thanks a lot, Because Sonny. it's the most millennial thing ever. <laughs> hey, Sonny, could you get a picture of yeah. us? Yeah. And then you could Instagram it, Instagram too. Instagram it. Right, and on. then and, and don't Let forget me get the a snap- selfie. Don't forget to Snapchat me. Uh, anyway, uh, thank you, Veronica Birch, for bringing up Mission Impossible. There goes Sonny in his selfie mode. By the way, do you remember that first Mission Impossible movie? I believe top billing was Tom Cruise and Emilio Estevez, wasn't it, JBL? He, no, one of the shocks of that was that Emilio Estevez is uncredited. So when he dies in the opening sequence, you're shocked because you say, oh, it's Emilio Estevez. He's a famous actor. He's going to be cool. You knew it, though. He gets through, when he gets the uh, elevator spikes through the eyeball, it's, it's shocking. Uh, I I love that movie. Like I can't even tell you that the my first one. favorite Brian first De Palma movie. My, my favorite Brian De Palma, De Palma movie. I can't one of my favorite that movies. Was a, of the hmm. uh, my favorite of his, I think, was The Untouchables. If that was Brian De Palma, that it was um, uh, Mission Impossible. Yes, better. there's also a, uh, an anime movie. Uh, Veronica Birch says called One Punch Man on Netflix. Are you familiar with this? I am not. Okay, check it out. Sp- oh, Sonny, of course. I'm just going to skip over you. Uh, I already said I had no corrections. Spirit of the week, I thought since we became a top 10 show, um, 
uh, Sonny, that maybe uh, next week you could bring in the Pappy Van Winkle. Yeah, you should definitely get your hopes up for that. How about if we make it to number one? If we make it to number one, it, look, here's what I will promise you. If we make it to number one on the main iTunes podcast chart, not the TV and film garbage sub subgenre. Number one overall. Number one overall. If a million yeah, people yeah, are yeah, downloading yeah, yeah, yeah. this, Over I, will, PR. I will bring in my bottle of Pappy Van Winkle and we will drink it all. We'll drink the whole thing. So that's something to aim for, people. If you want to impoverish me, if you want me to, you know, waste all of my delicious, delicious booze on uh, Vic and JVL, who will probably just spit it out anyway. Yeah, yeah he'll he'll chuck it. Like, I, I disgusting. Wouldn't, I wouldn't drink any of that anyway. Your pappy Van Winkle is safe with me. <laughs> that's all the time we want to spend on this episode. Questions, comments, complaints, compliments. Uh, tweet us at Victorina Mattis at Sunny Budge. Again, be sure to subscribe to us on iTunes or Google Play. Uh, just type in Substandard or the podcast. We're there. Leave a review. Tell your friends. And don't forget, Substandard show notes will be up on Friday at 11 a.m. And get those bingo cards until next time. <laughs>
Look, there's no Jean Le Carré movie uh, has ever been worse for adding a random fight scene. Let's be honest. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, it may be great. It may be great. I'll still see it. it but, but it strikes me if it's going to be great, it's going to be great in a totally different way from the from from the coldest city. It might not be great, but yeah, sure, it's fine.